0: We wanted to attack this weakness as best we could, and we started a little extreme with pause overhead squat sevens, which to this day has been the hardest exercise I've ever had programmed. Welcome to The Waiting Game Podcast a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 23 of the Weighting Game Podcast. I'm Brandon Wakeling, Olympian and multiple time representative at the Commonwealth Games. And for this episode, this is actually the first episode that I'm dedicating purely to the technical aspect of weightlifting, which is pretty shocking to me as I wouldn't have thought I would have went 23 episodes until I have finally delved into the technical aspect of the sport. But here it is. What I wanted to do was just stick to the snatch specifically today and go over my three biggest revelations or you could say lessons that I've had along the way that's been The most instrumental in helping me progress along the way and kind of rise to new levels. Now these things were obviously personal to me as everyone does have their own take on the snatch and clean and jerk. But I thought it's worth sharing. So what I'm going to do is go over three things. The first one isn't so much technique but it was instrumental in me progressing in the snatch. And the next two after that are purely just technical things that I had been working on and still do. So going over this first thing that wasn't necessarily technical, it was more of a prerequisite for me to even be able to perform the snatch. So I thought it was worth mentioning, and that had all to do with my mobility. When I started weightlifting, I physically couldn't perform the full depth movement being the snatch to begin with after years of playing rugby league, which can take quite a toll on the shoulders. It wasn't long into weightlifting where I began a professional relationship with a myotherapist who helped screen my body and create more of a personalised warm up, cool down and several accessories which have definitely helped me develop a stronger bottom position in my snatch. The main stretches and accessories that assisted in this domain being my overhead mobility was the first one was more of an indirect stretch but stretching out my hip flexors more so to offset any tension on my lower back. So when I started weightlifting, my hip flexors were abnormally tight from all my prior sporting experience. So straight away, I knuckled down on stretching out my hip flexors to allow more of a comfortable bottom position as to where it wouldn't put too much load on my lower back and therefore put my shoulders and thoracic either too far forward in the catch or just out of position in general. When I go into more specifics, stretching my triceps, pecs, delts, and lats have been big to obviously open up my upper body and be able to build more flexibility. These days, I actually superset my delts, triceps, and lats all together in somewhat of a circuit, as I feel just doing them all together, whether it's 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds rest, has been good for me pre-training. An especially helpful stretch for me was the thoracic stretch on a foam roller which is essentially laying on your back on a foam roller with the foam roller laid across your upper back with your hands interlocked behind your head and slowly starting to stretch the thoracic. So nothing too aggressive, but slowly starting to edge the, the upper back over the foam roller. Just, just like a gentle laying stretch. This was one that was instrumental to me from all of my years playing rugby league and doing all that tackling. My thoracic was just way, way, way too tight. And still is, this is a stretch that I have to stay on top of, otherwise my thoracic will start to get tight again. So going back a few years ago now, when I used to train 11 sessions a week, it had even got to a point where I would get home from doing a full day of training, then I would go home and you know watch YouTube or a movie or something at home while laying on the foam roller for hours at a time off and on. Yes, that's a little extreme and I wouldn't recommend doing that stretch for hours at a time, but that's essentially what I did. As with a few other things that I was a bit over the top with, that was definitely one of them. Although, it did help for me personally. Now moving on to the accessory movements that have helped develop my overhead position. The first one was I excluded all chest and bicep exercises for me. Prior to Olympic weightlifting, when I was just doing bro sessions at the gym multiple times a day, pretty much every day of the week, I did chest and biceps multiple times throughout the week way way too much and I didn't offset that with any posterior chain work or anything because I was just wanting to bench x amount of weight. Going back to my later teenage years where I was more extreme with my benching and didn't necessarily think too much about structuring periodizing and I wasn't all that knowledgeable about the subject of training at this point especially compared to the few years that surpassed these years of age but I bench pressed so much that I remember waking up one morning And I could not raise both of my arms laterally above, not like, so I could essentially form a T, could not raise my arms laterally further above my head, just because I was having nerve pain in both of my shoulders when I tried to do so. So essentially, I was doing so much bench press with no posterior chain work, you know, deadlifts or rows to try to offset all the bench, that my shoulders become so internally rotated that it created nerve impingements, and I couldn't raise my shoulders laterally all that high. Now for the next few years that followed this, just before starting weightlifting I was able to fix that somewhat in which I didn't have any nerve pain, I didn't bench as much and I was more balanced in my approach, but it definitely hindered my overall mobility overhead starting weightlifting, plus all the extra bicep work that I was doing definitely didn't help either. So I thought the best thing for me to do was to exclude all chest and bicep exercises as I had essentially done enough of that in my youth growing up. And exchange that for lower trap activation and strengthening exercises that would help of any undoing of this overly internally rotated shoulders and create more of a comfortable catch position. Now with all this that I just said, I'm not saying all of the above here is what you also must do. Keep in mind that I'm not a physiotherapist, nor do I pretend to be one. It's always important to acknowledge those who know more than you and work with them, especially referring to those accredited in the field, so. Having that said, if you haven't seen a physio or someone within that space, it may be worth having just a general screening to see if there's anything that you should or could be addressing. Now, when it comes to specific barbell exercises that have helped me develop my bottom position better over time, there have definitely been a few, and these have included, for one, the SOTS press, essentially starting with partial depth reps, as I couldn't do a full depth SOTS press when I started, so I'll do... You know a half squat and do some sots presses and then over time work into the the depths until i'm in a full catch doing some sots press this is something that i add in as more of a warm-up before snatch work these days the second one was overhead squats and this is with specifically a slight pause in the bottom of the overhead squat so not bouncing to go straight back up and this was a big one in building strength in my bottom position and it was probably my most difficult exercise once I started consistently adding it in. And I remember when I started with my coach Miles after the 2018 Commonwealth Games, we wanted to attack this weakness as best we could, and we started a little extreme with pause overhead squat sevens, which to this day has been the hardest exercise I've ever had programmed. Now, once I had started building more confidence in this bottom position, That's when we started incorporating more snatch balances into my training to progress that movement somewhat into more of a snatch-specific exercise. Now, moving on to the first technical principle that had been impactful in my beginning days of weightlifting. Coming into weightlifting during, I would say, the first couple or a few years, I just wanted to be fast, everything fast. One of my favorite weightlifters at that time was Luis Mosquera from Colombia who was in the same weight category as me at the time, which was 69 kilograms, and he was very well known purely for his speed. Everything he did was fast, and that's how I thought I had to be to be good. So, everything I had programmed, it was always as fast as I could, all the time. Even prioritising that over technique. And it was never the reverse, it was never the case of putting technique over speed, not for a while. It wasn't until talking with one of the Commonwealth Games coaches for the 2018 Games who was speaking about athletes' causes of technical plateaus, especially those that are relevant to the athletes that have an excess of power coming into the sport. He mentioned that it's somewhat evident for these lifters to excel up to a certain weight, just trying to grip and rip from the ground, but it only works for so long, and that's where other technical foundations have to be in check. This was in reference to having control in the first pull and having the bar accelerate throughout the whole pull into extension, where obviously most of the power is generated. Now, at this time for myself, I would lift as fast as I possibly could off the ground, and then as a result, find myself decelerating in positions where I should be accelerating, which for myself specifically was the third pull. So, once the bar passes the knee, all the way up until contact and extension. This essentially caused me to strip the weight back down and start building from scratch, focusing on a slow, controlled pull to the knee while holding the correct position. Only then I'd be in an optimal position above the knee to then continue to accelerate and give the power the lift needed in an appropriate position. Now, some movements that have helped me along my journey so far in really developing this concept has been for one, the block power snatch and clean, Alongside the hang positions as well, where as for the blocks and the hang position, you're taking out the whole first pull, therefore, less variables to think about. Plus, I'd also do pause or multiple pause snatch and clean, so two, three position pauses in order to stop momentum in positions that going back to my earlier days would essentially just try to rush straight through to get to that extension. And more so than not, in those positions I paused in. If I wasn't pausing and just gripping and ripping, I would be out of position in all of those key areas. And also, this isn't necessarily an exercise, but I still do it to try to get as comfy as I can in my set position. Which is, drilling in a static start. So, I would go into my set position, take all the tension out of my arms, and look forward for X amount of seconds then practice a slower first pull to help exaggerate that second and third pull. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do a static start all the time, but I just like this drill as it builds confidence in my position off the ground. And when I have confidence in what I'm doing off the ground, it gives me more of an opportunity to feel confident throughout the rest of the position. So just trying to start the snatch off on a strong, confident foot has definitely gone a long way for me. Now, moving on to the second and last technical principle slash lesson that I have learned along my way that I'll touch on for this episode, and that is utilizing and using my legs as opposed to relying on a heavy bar contact to produce the force I need to execute the lift. Now, just like with all technical habits, once you've gotten used to lifting a certain way, it's very hard to change and takes a lot of time, which for myself definitely has been a process. So going back to my earlier lifting days, as I said before, trying to be like that Colombian lifter who was very fast, I thought just a heavy bash of the bar with the hips was going to be the way to make it happen. Now as a bit of an insight to my thought process in my early days of weightlifting, specifically to the snatch, what I thought was once the bar passed the knee, I would just aim to violently bash the bar with the hips while sending the shoulders back and then through for the catch. I would then try to keep the bar as close as I possibly could in this process and it certainly worked some of the time but it was really an inconsistent approach in which I would start missing lifts as I warmed up a lot lighter than I probably should have. It wasn't until I naturally learnt more about the movements and decided I needed to build up from scratch again with more of a textbook approach being the straighter extension and utilising the legs as the main driver of the movement. Now, the biggest exercise that helped me develop using my legs as opposed to my hips and bar contact was the no-foot snatch. I started using the no-foot snatch going back to mid-2018, not long after the Commonwealth Games. And an aggressive way to accelerate my development of this technical change, that was the only way that I was allowed to snatch. So, whether it was a power, hang from the blocks, everything was no feet. And I really found myself doing quite well with this. It even got to a point where I ended up running with a no foot snatch for the rest of that year, even no foot snatching at the world championships and equaling my best comp snatch at the time. Now what this exercise in particular taught me once I eventually brought my feet back in and brought them into play was efficiently utilising my leg power and strength in extension in more of a vertical line which helped leverage my strength and also create much more consistency in my lifting. So I wasn't trying to bring my hips to the bar and bash the bar. The bar body contact was more natural as I was focusing on using my legs to extend upwards. Essentially as you would if you were to jump while holding a barbell. And it also helped me develop the act of pushing through the ball of the foot. Instead of coming on the toes too early and throwing myself off balance. Now with all of these key revelations and lessons that I would say I've learnt so far in my journey. I'm sure I could really go into more depth if I gave myself longer to reflect and tied it into other Olympic exercises like the clean or the jerk. One thing to note is that it's really a forever learning process, and you won't get a session done one day and just have no cues left to work on and perform such technical movements without a pursuit to better yourself technically in some way. And this remains consistent from the beginner level all the way up until the Olympic level. I've shared the, you know, the World Championships Olympic training halls for years now. And from what I've seen from lifters such as Lasha to Lujajun, all the ones at the top, is that they're always constantly drilling technique. And I can tell by their coach-athlete interaction that they're also trying to perfect their craft and try to lift as efficiently as possible. Another thing to note, which is probably more important, is that there's more than one way to perform the Olympic lifts when it comes to the technical aspect. There are many different philosophies when it comes to this, and there's no exact right way to lift so don't think everything that I've said right here in this episode is gospel as there is a sense of individuality involved. What you can do though is work with a coach who has the competence to work with you along the way. Don't try to do it all alone and try to learn off you know some random YouTube videos and watching Instagram reels as bad technical habits do take some time to break so The earlier you can get any form of personal assistance, however that may look, whether that's, you know, in a gym somewhere, online somewhere, it definitely does help. Not saying you have to go to some forest somewhere and work with some Yoda-like character who teaches weightlifting. Any personal assistance that can help you along the way and point out potential things to work on definitely does help. Now, on that note, I think I will end it there. So as always, thank you to everyone that does listen to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Remember to rate and review the podcast and I will see you this time next week with a fresh episode. Have a good one.